Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. As you all know, I love LinkedIn. In fact, LinkedIn should be paying me for this podcast, but I love LinkedIn because it gives me the opportunity to meet great people. And our guest today was actually reached out to my business partner, Kirk Lowe, who all of you know has been on the show a hundred times, and was asking questions about how to uh, successfully run a podcast. And for those of you who don't know this, one of the things that we're very passionate about is helping people start their own podcast, regardless if you hire us to do it or not, because There's far and away too much misinformation out in the marketplace, and it is your responsibility as a professional financial services professional, professional to get your voice out there. And our guest is one of those people. His name is Mayhul Gandhi. He is a CFP, CLU, financial planner, and the podcast host of the Mind Your Biz podcast. Mayhul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Matt. I am ecstatic to be here. I just can't wait to pick your brain for a lot of different reasons, because one, all all of our listeners know this, that we have lots of conversations before we get on the podcast. And as we were warming up today, you and I were talking a little bit about some of the things that you do to improve yourself. And we're going to get to that a little later in the show with the whole strategic coach thing. You're three years in. Mm -hmm. But what I want to talk to you about now is why the heck did you become a financial advisor? What, What turned you on about this industry specifically? That's a question that uh, I ponder and go back to a lot. I was coming, I came out of school with a, a degree in, in psych, not a very marketable degree. <laughs> and uh, I was really looking for real world, world experience. I'd been in school for a bit and I was really craving uh, real, real world experience. Now I knew that I was not going to be the type of person who could work a traditional nine to five job. I wanted some flexibility. I also knew that my inherent competitiveness was something that needed to be satisfied, so to speak. So I was looking for something super competitive where you, uh, I hate the euphemism, but you know, eat what you kill, so to speak. And so a, a friend of a friend introduced me to the life insurance industry. And at first I was super turned off and was just like, this is not what I went to school for. I never imagined myself doing this. He was very persistent. And eventually I said, all right, listen, I'll take a meeting. All right, fine. I'll write the exam. Okay, now I've passed the exam. All right, fine. I will make the list of names and it goes from there. About six months in, my network had grown tremendously. Just the number of phone uh, numbers in my phone had grown tremendously. And I was so happy about that. I was just so excited about being able to just interact with people. Whether I was able to help them or not, I just loved being able to grow my network that way. And at that point, I just jumped in. I said, you know what? This is it. I'm going to go for it. And I looked up, how do I professionalize myself? CFP was, and in my opinion, still is today, the gold standard. And I went for it. And that, the rest was history, really. So many advisors start in our industry with the whole smile and dial thing. And that really does take a very specific demeanor, ability to <laughs> get yelled at on the phone, right? Uh, and also, you get a lot of no's. But you have shifted, right? So let's talk about the marketing evolution that you have taken and how long it took you to make the changes that you've made. Is that is that a fair question? 
That's a very fair question. Uh, and absolutely, I started smiling and dialing, reaching out to friends and family. The thing is, is my family actually has has been in the industry for quite some time. A family member of mine had, had been in the industry for quite some time, and she was a mentor of mine. But at the same time, she had kind of already done the family. So when it came time to looking for asking for support within my family, as far as clients, that was uh, not going to happen. Uh, you know what? I think that was a blessing in disguise. So I built a thick skin really quickly. However, it took about five years, I would say, in the business where I started realizing that I was doing this in a very difficult way and there had to be an easier way. I, got, I started getting really good at asking for referrals. And then it just became very apparent to me that going out there and holding out as or marketing myself as a life insurance agent or a financial advisor or financial planner was not necessarily the best way to go about doing things. I'm not sure if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah, keep going, dude. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean by that is that I just, I started just showing up and helping out. I started showing up at things and, and honestly, acquiring clients, prospecting was the last thing on my mind. I just wanted to show up and be genuine and be present and, and market myself as someone who was there to help, who was there to, to give advice if the, if, if, if the person so desired and, and just really kept it real, to be honest. As social media marketing took a hold and became more popular, I would say in our industry, uh, probably in 2012, 2013, things started really happening here in Canada and, and compliance started getting out of our way a little bit or being or working with us a bit more versus against us. I, I had to keep that going. I had to still keep it real. It wasn't about putting everyone on notice that, hey, listen, if you 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 are a young parent, you need to get life insurance or we, we can get the best rates. No, it was just, did you know that, right? Here's some information. Make sure you're you're choosing your beneficiaries wisely. Make sure you're updating your, your policy and, and doing a review every year, all these kind of things, like just putting out information and, and being that individual who, who basically just curated and, and, and put out content for people. We have found, and, and that's, that's the key. So you just, that, and everybody on, who's listened to the show for a while understands that that is the key is to talk with, not talk at. And mm-hmm. to provide value. But but Mayhul, here's the question though. I get asked this all the time, my friend. Where did you come up with the content? Where did you come up with what you were posting on social? And <laughs> and in how was that stuff received initially? And what sort of adjustments have you had to make? How do you not have content? Is the question I often <laughs> ask advisors. Every meeting you have, every meeting I had, something would happen where it was like, that's content. The most and I think one of the things we need to do is understand who the audience is. We're not speaking to other finance professionals 99 times out of 100. These are individuals who are, they know about their stuff, whatever it is that they do and they're passionate about, but they're not experts in the world of finance. So although a concept or a piece of information may seem super simple to us as the financial professional, I guarantee it is not super simple to your audience. So the content comes from, hey, how many meetings did you have today? Oh, I, I sat in front of five, six, whatever, six, five clients. Okay, what were those meetings about? There's like a month of content right there, right? Whether you are jumping on and doing a little reel on Instagram or YouTube, whether you are uh, doing a short 500 word blog, whether you want to wrap a whole podcast episode around that, whether you want to take a few snippets of text and tweet it or, or, or put that on Instagram, it's there and repurpose everything. And, and it just really quickly became apparent that the content was staring me in the face all, all along. 
Mayhul, that that is one of the things that just makes me smile. And of course, I am able to overcome this as an objection very quickly because I say basically what you just said there when I'm on with prospective clients and they'll say, Matt, in, in most of this is a crisis of confidence, man. It's actually not that they don't know what they're going to talk about. And I approach it that way. But they'll say, you know, I just don't know what what I'm at a podcast about. Do I really have enough content for two podcasts a month? And I said, we just had a guy who went started at one podcast. He's now at four podcasts a month. And he's killing it, right? Because it's in it's and he has your perspective. What because he's sitting in, and I think he probably he does so he does the strategic coach model. So he's got the focus day, he's got the flex day, and then he really runs his appointments three days a week. And in those three days a week, yeah, he's seeing six people, right? If you can't pull anything, like in in we call it the perfect podcast formula. In fact, I think I shared this with you. It's it's um education, entertainment, storytelling call to action, right? That's right. And the storytelling is the best part. Well, you know what? Hey, I was just sitting down with a client. There's your whole podcast, right? Or there's there your is. whole blog or, or whatever. So man, you're, you're really, really spot on with that. Okay. I don't want to necessarily switch gears, but I want to switch focus very quickly because as you continue to grow, you are going to have and have had some other challenges that have happened with marketing, right? And so you have been firing on all cylinders. And as you know, when when you kind of move to the next tier and which you have been consistently doing from a success factor, that you have to make adjustments. What adjustments have you had to make with your marketing? And what do you see kind of down the pipeline and you say, you know what, hey, I'm gonna have to adjust some stuff later down the road. Yeah, oh man, this is so good. So. The big thing, the first thing that really hit me when I was really sort of started walking down the marketing road was you can't do everything, right? So I'm also a product of strategic coach. uh, And I would say that the old who, not how was the big key piece initially. How much can I delegate? How many, how many professionals can I bring into whether they're consultants or virtual assistants and things like that, that can start taking some of the heavy lifting away from me. Big shout out to my, 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 my editor, Edward, who I found off Fiverr and, and my assistant, Georgia, who helps me out so much. Like that started taking away all the other things that have to happen around content creation, podcast editing, all that kind of posting, scheduling, all that kind of stuff. Leveraging technology. There's so much tech out there. I know you've alluded to it and spoken about it so much on your show that we can use that are, it's either free or very inexpensive that can streamline things for you so that you can focus on the most important thing, which is delivering great content. So that was the first thing that really took this to the next level. Staring down the pipe now, I've heard this on your show and I've heard this on several other shows. One of the, one of the podcast shows I've, I've actually, or podcast I really recommend for this kind of stuff is Beyond Influential, Brittany Crystal. And listening to her, it's just, we talk about niche in our industry so much about niching into clients uh, or niche, however you want to say it. But I believe in niching in the platform, the social media platform that you're having the most success. So you and I had this conversation last week or a couple of weeks ago when you said, you know, LinkedIn is where you got to be. So going down the pipe, my plan now is to like cut out all the other stuff. I'm not, I'm never going to be on Clubhouse. I'm not, I'm not dancing on TikTok. It's not happening, but I will go all in on LinkedIn and maybe a little bit of Instagram. Facebook's not really where, where my, my ideal clients are hanging out, but LinkedIn really is. And then a little bit on Instagram. And then it's just clearing that everything else out and not feeling the obligation or the pressure to be on everything and just focusing on that. 
and then creating content that's suitable for those channels. And that's it. And I think that that simplifies things a lot because advisors really do. I get this question all the time. Well, are you putting your stuff on Facebook? Are you on Twitter and, and all this kind of stuff? And it's like, yeah, well, listen, I can't do everything. As much as I would love to see you dance on TikTok, I'm sorry. You said that. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, I would totally love to see that. You, you, you are. I really agree. It's interesting because I have a number of people who, who are your age, right? Who who are really, really late Gen X, early millennials, mostly millennials, who who are who are say, look, look, Matt, I really I know that I'm so focused on LinkedIn, but I need to have an Instagram presence. And you're absolutely right. The difference between those understanding is how you need to communicate differently using the different platforms. Mm. And Mayhul, what I think a lot of people do is they'll they'll create content and wonder why it's not firing on all of those other platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, Snapchat, whatever the heck people are using. And the reason why is because the social mores and folkways that are involved in each of those platforms are different. So what you're posting on Instagram should allow you to build a more personal brand of who you are, right? Like Correct. you love wine and you love cycling and that's the sort of stuff that needs to be on Instagram. Now you don't post that on LinkedIn because no. that's not what LinkedIn is for, but having that biopic folk focus, understanding that you're creating two aspects of content is still very, very powerful. So I'm super happy that you're doing that. And I know that you're going to have uh, unbelievable success. We talk a lot on this show and on our other podcast, the Be Your Own Lab podcast, how important it is to truly embrace that you are you, as Oscar Wilde said, you might as well be yourself because everybody else is taken. That's really important to you. Uh, talk about that journey just a little bit and how that changed, not only how you market, but how you position yourself professionally. I was reading an article just yesterday and it was, I think, I think someone you had on your show, maybe potentially, or someone you definitely know, Samantha Russell. Yes. Samantha. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. 20 over 10. She's like Jeez. marketing genius. I, yeah, I can't say enough great things about her. On, on her LinkedIn, she posted something about what the different age groups and cohorts value the most in an advisor, just to sort of summarize. And for all millennial Gen Xers, post-World World War II era, all of those boomers, trustworthiness was the number one thing, right? And then from there, kind of, there were some d differentiators uh, or some differences, but trustworthiness was the number one thing. Well, how do you build trust with somebody? And this is something I learned early in my career is first off, no one's going to build, no one's going to trust you until they like you. So there has to be some kind of likability. But then there has to be a moment where you share a little bit of your personality, a little bit of who you are, because in our industry, we're asking clients to tell us about what's happening in their financial lives, what's happening in their personal lives, what's happening in their relationships, what keeps them up at night, real personal stuff. So if we're not willing to get a little bit personal with our clients, it's really going to impede the, the, the trust that's going to be built or that needs to be built in order for that relationship to be sexual, successful. And, and I, I, I truly believe that being a little bit, I, I would say a little bit confident, a little bit humble and, and, and a little bit vulnerable to be able to share who I am and be genuine as to who I am and have that resonate and come through on social media, I think is so, so important. So whether it's when you're putting out video content, like let your personality shine out, right? And then utilizing something like Instagram or it might be Facebook or TikTok to really give, give clients that opportunity to look into a more personal side of who you are. 
I think that that's the way you stand out as well. Because guess what? You know, if you're getting into social media now as a way of marketing your business, you're not the first one, right? There's going to be a whole <laughs> sea of red out there just to use the, the blue ocean metaphor there. There's a whole sea of red of everyone else that's kind of gotten there a little bit before you and they're all doing their thing. So you need to stand out. And it's exactly what Oscar Wilde said. If you're going to, if you're going to go on social media, you might as well be yourself because I guarantee everybody else is taken. Right. And everyone's thought of everything. So just go out there and be yourself, share your own experiences, share your fears and your worries, share your successes and your failures, share your mistakes. The, the best way to do that is to just, you know, I think video, get a holder, set up your phone, get a good mic set up and just look into the camera and speak from the heart, whether you're giving advice, make it, make sure it's sincere or just giving people a little bit of insight as to who you're all about and why you're doing what you do. I think that can go a long way and, and is a good, it's good content to put out. We're taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about our sponsor, Restream. Restream is the go-to live streaming solution for every business. We love using it here at Proudmouth, especially because it lets us live stream to a bunch of social media channels at once. You can head over to proudmouth.com forward slash Restream to claim your exclusive offer today. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Somebody just recently repeated this to me. Nobody cares who you are until you show that you care, right? And and that to me is, I believe that's a, is a very distilled version of what you said there, because people do want to feel that connection. Yes, they want to build trust with you, and, and yes, they want to build a relationship with you, and you are asking them very personal questions, but most importantly, you're asking them for their whole life savings, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to establish, and here's the thing, is you have to establish, but most importantly, you have to maintain that trust. And that's why the marketing techniques that you're doing, right, being ever-present and omnipresent on the two channels that you find are where your ideal clients and prospects are going to be your podcast, right? I know that you blog, you write, you shoot video, you're doing these sorts of things to maintain the relationship. Mm -hmm. Somebody had asked me, and I just, this makes me smile, Matt, I, I need, I need a hard number on an ROI for podcasting. And I said, okay, hard number. Okay. Okay. So, so our, the program that I sell all day long is, is around $2,000 a month, right? You know, most people purchase from us. And I said, okay, you're looking at trying to get new business in the door. And he's like, well, of course I am. How are you maintaining relationships so the business doesn't go out the door? And he's like, well, I meet with my clients and annually, I send out a newsletter. And I was like, really, you seriously think that that's going to continue to build trust for you over time? If I can help you retain, which we all know, it's way better to retain a client than try to find a new one from a cost perspective and a time perspective. If I can help you retain two, maybe three clients that you didn't even know were on the fence, that pays for my program 10 times over. Absolutely. Just don't think like that, dude. Yeah, I think it goes one step further. I think it's like, okay, we can retain clients. All right, let's, let, let's be honest here. You know, a lot of clients are just, they're not gonna budge. I mean, we were all creatures of habit. It's a, it's a bit of a pain in the butt to, to move everything over and repaper and all that. So a lot of them are just going to, they're, they're going about their everyday lives. They might not go anywhere, but are they excited about it? Right. Are they, are they excited about you as their advisor? Maybe excited is, is a bit extreme, but are there moments where in that relationship, relationship you have with them where they go, Hmm, this guy actually is good. Or, Hmm, I actually am really glad she's, she's my advisor. 
it's not about just like, oh, they haven't left me, so I must be doing a great job. It's like, no, you want them to actually be happy and proud and and really consciously vocalize that they're that they're or at least think about that they're really glad that you're their advisor. That's what gets referrals. That's what's going to get new clients in the door. I mean, we all want a referral-based business. We know that we know that that's the best way to grow our business is, is, is through referrals. And the way you're going to get referrals is to get your clients excited, or at least remind them why you are the best advisor for them. Podcasting, blogs, social media is that is that thing now, right? Newsletters used to be great, but we just live in a world where very few people sit down and take the time to read through a newsletter, no matter how amazing it is. When's the last time you saw an amazing newsletter, Mayhul? Ours. I think our, our newsletter is freaking fantastic. <laughs> hey, it's fantastic. Awesome. It's, it's absolutely so well put out. Yeah. But I don't read it every time it comes out. I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah. And I, I don't write it, but you know our portfolio manager does, and it's fantastic. Matt does an amazing job on the on the newsletter, but I don't know. I don't know how many, how many, how many clients are reading it all the way through. Right. I don't know if any clients actually send an email back and say, Oh man, this was really good. I really enjoyed this article. Yeah. We, we actually did some research on that many, many years ago. And, and the answer to that is a very, very few <laughs> will, will read your, read your newsletter and, or truly interact with it, like emailing you back. But one of the things that we built as a foundational premise for our new brand and, and really the new focus for our company here at Proudmouth with being your own loud is that we want you as an expert to turn your clients into fans. Yes. And, and the only way to do that is to give them material that they can be fanatical about, right? I, I, I might not be able to make it so that every single solitary client in your book of business loves you to death. But you know what? A lot of the people who podcast, what they're hearing is they're hearing from their clients that they love the opportunity to, to know the advisors there thinking alive on top of stuff in between and as the infrequent meetings because of scale right uh, you know mm -hmm. i I've, I've known advisors who will only meet with their clients once once a year what are they doing the other 12 months or or 364 days what are they doing to maintain that relationship and we believe that having them hear your voice and see your face read your voice allows you to truly maintain a relationship and turn those clients into true fans, which of course will make them refer a lot more business to you. Absolutely. Also think about maybe you are going through your, your career, you're going, you're an advisor and you are, and you should be, and I'm sure all, all, all most are learning new things, learning new ways of, I don't know, expressing old ideas, learning new strategies, whatever it might be. The people that are really benefiting from that is the next client in the door right? Okay. Here comes a new prospect, new prospective client. I've just picked up this new sort of skill set, whatever it might be. I just figured out how to here in Canada explain, I don't know, some kind of a riff meltdown or retirement income strategy. And I'm going to use this new explanation because I, I think it's really going to resonate well. So your new client, your new prospect, the next handful of prospects are going to benefit from that. But maybe there are hundreds of your existing clients who would also really exist from, or sorry, a benefit from that. Well, how do you disseminate that? can't put it in a newsletter because it doesn't mm -hmm. translate the same way, but you can talk about it on a podcast episode. You can set up your, your, your phone and shoot a video on it and get that out to all your clients. And they're just like, oh man, he's really on it. He's always 
learning and getting better and looking to add value. Like I am a fan. I'm really a fan of this guy. Like I just got reminded why I love my advisor. Guess what? The day after clients out there cutting the lawn, neighbor asks a question, be like, you know what? I should really introduce you to my, my advisor, right? Like that, that's, that's a very plausible thing that could happen. And it all started because you just took the time to put out some really great content. Yeah. All right. So here's my final question for you. And then, and then I, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to communicate with the listeners so that if they have any questions, they can reach out to you and stuff like that. But <laughs> what should I have asked you about marketing in your journey that I didn't? <laughs> That's a really cool question. What should you have asked me in my marketing journey? I think the big thing here and the thing I'm most excited about is the podcast. And the reason I say that is because if you would have asked me, Matt, uh, a year, year and a half ago, do you want to do a podcast? I would have said, heck no, I have no idea where to start is totally out of my comfort zone. There's a ton of work. I'm so busy. I'm not doing this. Like, listen, it ain't broke. I'm not trying to fix it. Why would I do this? And I've been having this conversation lately about lessons and blessings through the pandemic. And this was one of them where just having time, pandemic just created time for me, being able to sit down and be like, you know what, why can't I do this? Whether it is a podcast, which I do highly recommend, but maybe it's just starting a YouTube channel. Maybe it's just starting a habit of posting daily on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. You can do it. You should do it. Your clients deserve it. Your future clients, prospective clients deserve it. If you're putting out good information, there's so much misinformation out there. There's so many armchair advisors or financial professionals of the world, I won't name names, but that are getting it all wrong. Our communities need us to go out there and put this information out in a way that is not only consumable, but it's on the right channels where, they, which, where they're spending their time. And I think that the biggest thing I can say that's about the marketing is it's not as hard as you think it is. Just start and you'll figure it out along the way. You'll probably mess up the first few. My first few episodes are vastly different than my, my last couple. I will say this, get help, right? Talk to Matt, talk to Kirk, talk to people out there. There's resources, listen to other podcasts, right? YouTube it. Like there's so much help out there to help you get started. And, and I think it's, it, it could be a beautiful thing. And there's so many of us who love helping so much because like you, we have a professional responsibility to make sure that we are providing the right content out there. I just got back from the largest podcasting convention in North America, and the number one thing everybody wanted to talk about was monetizing their podcast. And then, of mm -hmm. course, when they saw the numbers that they needed to hit, everybody's like, well, I guess that's not happening. But the number <laughs> one thing that nobody talked about was, are you any good behind the microphone? It was unbelievable to me that some of the people who were there who were making basic like freshman level errors with their shows that if they just asked for help, if they utilized a resource that was out there, if they followed people on social media who were experts, who were constantly putting out that content, just like you, Mayhul, just like you do for your clients in your specific niche. That's what you want to find. You want to hitch your wagon to those people because they don't have a scarcity mindset. They have an abundance mindset and they're not there to sell you. They're there to help you. And if you can utilize their help at some point, you know that you're going to use them because they have been ever present and omnipresent in your life. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you because they've heard this podcast and like, this guy seems really cool. I have some questions for him. I don't know how he did this or how does he use Instagram or whatever. What is the best way for people to reach out to you and communicate to you if they want to just have a chance to pick your brain? Absolutely. Jump on the website, mindyourbizpod.com, mindyourbiz with a Z, pod.com or Z. 
however you want to say it, or just email me or email us, uh, either me or my assistant, hello at mindyourbizpod.com. I'm happy to reach out. I'm happy to converse, set up a Zoom call, whatever it is. Uh, pay it forward. It's this industry that we're in. I, I firmly, firmly believe that we uh, we get to stand on the shoulders of giants, and eventually, it's going to be it's our turn to, to to be that shoulder. So, reach out, please. I'm happy to help in any way I can. And as always, we will make sure that we have those links in the show notes. Mayhole, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Thank you, my friend. This was awesome. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you have any podcast ideas, just shoot me a quick message on LinkedIn, all of where I am at. And finally, if you know somebody who has been on the fence and you're like, you know what? I think this podcast with Mayhul would really push them to the point of where they need to be to truly be their own awesome, to rise above the noise, to be their own loud. All you have to do is click that share button. And finally, if you wouldn't mind giving us a quick rating or review on any of the players that you listen to, that would be super freaking awesome. So for Mayhul Gandhi and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.